Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin's not just a place, it's a people. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the McAvoy Super Value GEA podcast on wearecavin.com. On this week's show, we're going to be looking back over and looking ahead in the McAvoy's Super Value on the 20 Club Championship. Uh, we're going to be also discussing briefly a meeting that's taking place on, or a forum that's taking place on this Thursday night in the Hotel Kilmore. It's called the Player Engagement Forum on Adult Fixtures, which is a good initiative by Cavan County Board. We're going to be looking briefly into some of the stuff that's going on in coaching and games um, in Cavan. A great initiative being worked there. I think it's almost finished now at the minute, though, with under 13 players. We'll dig into the merry-go-round, the managerial merry-go-round, as always. Not too much changing um, in the last week or so, but... Um, as always, delighted to be joined by Paul Fitzpatrick, sports editor of the Anglo-Celt, who's buzzing, I suppose, a wee bit from a very successful weekend in handball. We're going to do a special podcast later on in the week about the, the Cavan Championships, but numbers growing and, and, and great, great excitement over in Kings Court. Yeah, I'd say uh, there's more children and teenagers playing handball than probably at any time um, in the last 10 years, at least, and a very high standard. So great entries in under twelve, under fourteen, under sixteen county championships. Um, the under fourteen, Michael Finnegan said to me that must be the strongest under fourteen championship in the country, and I, I'd say it's not far off it. Mm. Um, oh, don't 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 give it all away. We're gonna we're gonna squeeze a podcast. I say squeeze. It'll probably if you get talking about handball, it'll be hard to stop you. So I am gonna stop you there. That's gonna be the Patreon podcast okay. later on in the week. It's gonna be gonna be full action on handball. So. <coughs> If you want to hear all about that, uh, stay with us on patreon.com forward slash we are Kevin. Also, later on in the week, we'll be bringing a podcast where we'll delve into Mullerhorn's exploits in the Ulster final. Uh, we have an interview with Shawnee Smith, the, the Mullerhorn manager. And uh, we'll also be looking ahead to lock out their uh, minor ladies who are in the Ulster final this coming Sunday so we'll be looking ahead to that on the Patreon podcast later on in the week as well so stay with us on We Are Calvin for all of the GA action in Calvin um, I suppose starting off with the club under 20s championship Paul um, at the weekend maybe maybe it's a strange one there's a couple of things that stand out but one was Calvin Gales conceding to Lara and it, it, it got us to thinking before we started recording about you know the the reality that at on the twenty level we're, we're just hemorrhaging numbers in Cavan. Saying it for a long time, um, we've been saying it on this podcast. I've been saying it in print, and Mickey Hannan has been saying it in his column as well. There is a bit of a crisis coming down the tracks in terms of participation numbers. Um, probably not just in Cavan, but that's the the beat that we know best. Looking through it, there's only twelve clubs by my count that I'm not including Cavan Gales because they weren't able to fulfill fulfill their fixtures. There's only 12 clubs who are able to field uh, a team on their own in the Under-20 Championship out of 40 football clubs in Cavan, which I, I, I find that staggering. I think it's I think it's unbelievable. Is it is it something to do with the time of year it's played at? I don't know where when else you could fit it in. Um, it's just hard to know. It's been a successful competition in the past. I think the way the way football is going is 
I think we've we've a high standard of underage footballer in Cavan, higher than I can ever remember. If you look at the su- success of St Pat's, the success of Cavan under 16s, minors in recent years, um, under 21s a couple of years ago, not so much lately. Um, mm. There's a very high standard of footballer coming through, and you can see a team with with 10 under 20s coming within a kick of a ball of winning the county senior final. That t- tells you all you need to know about the calibre of player that's coming through. The problem is why we're while we're producing the high quality footballer, we're not bringing through the numbers. Is it? Is it? And and you were the first one to mute this point. Is it the high quality footballer is becoming is 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 getting there because they're exposed to high quality football as a result of the amalgamation? So the lower numbers is actually producing a better oh, yeah. top shelf. Oh, completely, completely. But it, it's elitist, like it is elitist. It's becoming how, elitist. How yeah. many of those clubs? If they're really honest, could say like we could have squeezed a team out of it. Uh, is the lowest division thirteen aside this year? No, it's fifteen aside still. Fifteen aside. Well, maybe they could have looked at the thirteen aside, but maybe the appetite wasn't there for it. How many of those clubs really? They could have fielded even a weak uh, fifteen aside team. You know, I think probably some of them could have. But you'd have to look down the tracks and say, I'm not naming, going to name any clubs. But there's an awful lot of clubs there. I've got to be thinking, we're combining with two or three teams here, and we're getting well beaten in in under twenties. Where's the next generation of footballers coming? Where are they going to be in five years? Because mm. reserve teams aren't there. Reserve football is gone. It's as good as dead. Look, looking at the looking at the the amount of games conceded this it's, year it's, has it's, reached it's a, a record high. It's a laughing stock. And then you look at the final of the of the Division One reserve, and like it was a high, unbelievably high standard for what's essentially junior B football. But it's it was Castran against Rammer. She had James McEnroe playing for Rammer, who was starting with the Cavan senior team two years ago. And he's still in his twenties, and you've you've uh, likes of Cormac Daly and loads of players like that that have played county under twenty ones and in around county. Like Cormac Daly started the year playing McKenna Cup with Cavan, ends the year playing junior B football with Castleran. You'd have to ask the question, you know, I'm not saying th- these fellas are eligible or whatever, but I'm just saying that even the reserve football we do have is backbone by by senior players. Mm-hmm. So reserve football is gone. Under twenty football is. It's it's like that division one this year. Like a great crush law team won it. A really really good team. But I mean, it's a laughing stock. Well, you don't three teams in it. Well, when you when when we do break it into, then we're we're talking about that division one, and you look at the results from the weekend gone by. There, I think the the second games and quarterfinals. Lara obviously got the the walk over from Calvin Gales. Balanya beating St Joseph's. Um, one fifteen to ten points. That's a good result for Balanya. St Joseph's, though, from my mind this year, I think looking at it, are three clubs. It's it's um, Kilishandra, Kilishandra Cornafin. Is it? Or sorry, no, Kilishandra. Or maybe it's only just Kilishandra and Drumlane. Is it? It's Kilishandra and Arva. Anyway, um, oh, and Drumlane. Then sorry. Yeah, we're looking looking through the. I have the team sheet in front of me. Looking through it here, um, I don't recognise any Drumlane Drumlane names on it. Um, Okay. We'll run you through the team quickly. Keno Harris, Stuart Bell, Michael Corley, Ryan Bennett, Rory Fitzpatrick, Finmer, Finmer McAvenny, David Ellis, Luke Beavis, Tricia Noah Hoffman, uh, Ushin Sheridan, Shane Hamilton, Jamie Gray, Owen Brady, Darren O'Hanlon, Danny Ellis. I don't think there's any Jermaine no, lads there. Actually, no, maybe Jermaine aren't part of it. So. But St. Joe's has been a good amalgamation for a long time. Like That's well established. That, I mean, it's a good win. That was a very good win for Balignard. They've Cormac Timoney back. who played very little mm. football this year with injury, which is a big help. Shane Finnegan scored 1-6. Thomas De Bon Smith scored three points. 
Gavin, Gavin Smith's there as well so it's a good team and of course they're missing Sean Keating like, right. I, I would have to say fair play to Balinia for for going at their own there and they've and kept that team together like if you go at your own, your own you're going to have more chance of keeping it together looking at the Den Ballyhays game like Ballyhays are a club that has that is very well run uh, is doing things the right way but again Ballyhays they, they played a game earlier on the competition with only 14 players and they're after taking a very heavy defeat there against Den um, I'd have to say 216 to 1 too. I'd still say though Credit to them. Without having big numbers, they said, well, look, we're going to be to the wire on this with numbers, but we're going to put out the team anyway. Oh, yeah. You know, that that has to be credited. In in the environment that we're talking, where we're losing numbers, we're hemorrhaging numbers of players, Bally Hayes were giving every kid under the age of 20 in their, their, their parish, their area, the opportunity to go out and play football. One Sunday morning, they only had 14 players and they decided to play with only 14 players. Yeah, no, I'm, a good not, I'm not criticising Ballyheads. I'm just making the point that um, you'd be looking at Ballyheads as one of the, the leading up-and-coming clubs uh, in underage football because they seem to be doing everything right and have good numbers. They're, they're drawn out of two schools now and, and Castle Tower School is a big national school now, um, bigger than it used to be. And Ballyheads mm. has always been a, a good-sized national school. So they've got good numbers there. Um Mm. And yet, the standard isn't there really at under twenty. Looking at that, and then the, the, the question comes, and I still haven't. Bally, they, they mean, not to interrupt you, but I remember it's not that long ago. Bally has had three adult teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, look at the same. The same could be said for Killing Care. They had three adult teams two years ago, and you know they were amalgamating under twenties. Lacken had three teams um, a few years ago as well. They were amalgamating under twenties and minors. Yeah, Kildare had had three teams at one stage, second team in Division Three at All County Football League. Mm. It's like so the numbers aren't around. Maybe maybe that was in the boom and more fellas were working at home and things like that as well. Like I suppose clubs can only make do with what they have. But I I, I just think that it's and families are smaller as well. But I, I think there's a big I, like I I researched this before and I found the under sixteen tables from nineteen ninety seven. Oh, we talked about this on a podcast mm. last year, so, so it was kind of timely because it was exactly 20 years. And that year in under-16 football in Cavan, there was only one amalgamation. And the one amalgamation was, was Arva Cornafane. I remember playing against them. They were a rare amalgamation that time because most clubs weren't. Yeah. And, and then you had every other club had their own under-16 team. Every club in the county. Corla had one. You know, Red Hills mm-hmm. had one. Shercock had one. And now, like, if Corla were to field a team on their own, or Hills were even the field under sixteen team of their own, or an awful lot of clubs. You know, it would it would be a big achievement. But back then, it was taken as a given. I remember playing on the fourteen football. I was born in eighty four, so I played on the fourteen football in around that time, ninety seven, ninety eight, and we had a full panel of of twenty three, twenty four lads, and we were in we were in Ryan C at the time, and never really threatened to win it. But we had a full panel, and we didn't even have any under twelves playing with us. Like that's unheard of now. Yeah, I'm maybe it's a lifestyle thing, and kids are moving away, and maybe, maybe it's competition from other sports as well. But I don't buy the competition from other sports as much because the, I think a lot the of other the sports aren't as well organised. Or sorry, I'd, they're getting better organised. They're getting better organised, uh, but they definitely don't have the facilities that that the GEA has, and and the facilities in the local vicinity. You know that you have forty pitches across Cavan of of a very good standard, or yeah. of at worst. A reasonable standard, you know, compared to and astroturfs and everything else that, exactly. that wasn't there in the past. Floodlights in a lot of them that are you know 
usable for training sessions. I, I, I think, and I don't buy it that other sports are a big rival because they probably are, but most kids, you'd imagine, will play all different sports until they get to a certain age and then specialise. Mm. It'll be at the, it'll be at the, uh, the older ages you'd lose them to other sports. Not at, not at 14, 15, I don't think. Yeah. Any. You might lose the odd exceptional lad that's maybe playing soccer in Dublin or something like that, but, yeah. Or you have seen it like young Timoney, with rugby, you know, you you will see that the exceptional lad at fifteen, sixteen will get pulled away. But but, but what happens is the, the the lads who are really really excel in rugby and soccer, the the very best of them will go on and get a career in it or or whatever, or maybe go over to England or something like that. But what has happened in the past is if you were if you weren't the very best, but you were very good, um, and maybe making a, the CMUL Cavamon and Underage League squad or whatever it was or maybe a rugby development squad or whatever if you weren't the very elite there was no pathway there for you so if you were a soccer player at 15 there was no pathway for you to if you weren't say going to England or weren't getting international caps or whatever it was to play a high level and they naturally drifted back to their clubs but now the soccer um, have got things a lot more organised you have a national league at under 15 under 17 they're talking about an under 13 national league as well so you'll find there will be more of an impact of that. The GA can't just sit there and say, oh, well, let them play soccer and they'll come back to us because they won't come back. Mm. They won't all come back anymore. No, no, completely agree. I think, I think it's... I think it's uh, to see Cavan Gales conceding like that is well, such, a, <laughs> such a fall from grace for Cavan Gales because they were an absolute machine on underage level for so long. Well, I kinda, I, the way I'd kind of put it nearly is that it's, it's more the fact that Cavan Gales conceding an underage game is an alarm. That's that. That's definitely the the smoke has rose to the to the top of the building, and and you know that there's a fire underneath here. You know when a when a club like Calvin Gales are conceding underage fixtures. Yeah, like uh, that's it. And uh, you know teams are getting younger. Senior teams are getting younger. So there's an onus on clubs probably to really put the work in underage because it's not it's not even a thing that you're planning for a future that might never come. If you can put the work in, you don't have to wait that long for them to come through anymore. If you're working really hard on the 14 team, they'll be making up your senior team in five years. That's how, how young adult teams have got now. You're looking at the Mullahorn team there, Damien, with two minors starting on it. Mm. Um, essentially minors, as we know minor football before now, starting, going through the final. Teams, yeah. You know, yeah. You, you can see that across the board. Like You see what Crush last year with 10 or 11 under 20s in their starting team and a couple of minors. Senior yeah. teams are getting younger, so... Yeah, I, I, I just think if senior teams are getting that young, maybe that's the other the older lads are maybe not hanging around as long. Um, what's going to happen? I'm th- look, thinking of I mentioned Red Hills again and clubs like that in small areas. We've only one school in Red Hills. I'm not involved in the club, and like I'm living in Virginia, but it's the club I know well. You've only one national school there. The numbers aren't huge. They're not feeling on their own on underage level. You, you're going to get a natural drop off if it gets to the stage where you've only one or two a year coming through into an adult team. And you're losing one or two at the other end, you, or maybe more. Like you're gonna, you're gonna struggle to feel a team, and that's when when clubs are gonna look around and say, "Jesus, what are we gonna do here?" Yeah, yeah, it'll be, it'll be. Look at, it's something that definitely, and 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 maybe part two of of the podcast here will will delve into that a wee bit. The under twenties, though, the results in Division Two. Um, so last weekend, Aerog Celtic beat Blackwater Gales, and Knockbride beat Nave Breed. Both. Convincing enough wins, um, Balanya beat St Joseph's and Lara beat uh, Cavan Gale. So, I think it's not bright against Airog in the semi-final. Is it and Lara against Balanya? Did I see those? 
Yeah, we should we should give a mention, I suppose, to Kingscourt's win against Castoran. Like looking through that Kingscourt team, it's quite a good team. I will. We'll go on to that in Division Three in a second. Oh, sorry. Okay. But in in yeah, in Division Two, it is Air Oak Celtic against Knockbride and Baranya against Lara. That's this coming weekend. Saturday is the first game on the three G pitch at seven o'clock in the evening. Knockbride against Air Oak Celtic, almost a local derby there. Um, and then Sunday at one o'clock, it's Lara against Balanya. The the expectation would be that it's not Bride and Lara will come through on this one. Um, but Aero Celtic and Balanya have something to say on it. They will, yeah. They both have been quite impressive, putting up some good scores, um, and have seem to be improving as the competition goes on. Um, you know, mm. I wouldn't rule it out. So I wouldn't just rule it out now. But I do think Lara probably should have maybe taken their chance in Division One. But and possibly not bright. We mentioned that and not bright. We mentioned that before. But yeah, exactly. especially when you see Division One so weak. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I think that they would have held their own against the uh, a Southern Gales or or a Rammer. Now maybe what's, not what's beaten be- Crush What's better? Maybe getting to a final and run across a lot close, um, or maybe walking a Division Two. In my mind, it's a no-brainer. But. Mm. Maybe there's other reasons. Maybe so. Maybe so. Moving on, as you see, onto the Division Three, the semi-final, Kingscourt against Castle Rahan. Finished one thirteen to three four. Um, entertaining enough stuff here. Yeah, I, I was just saying that it's it's it is a good Kingscourt team. There's a lot of well-known names on. I suppose Paddy Mead, um, Cav, former Cavan minor players, won and played fullback for their senior team this year. Shane Duffy, former Cavan under sixteen and in around the minors as well. Keen Shackleton, he's a lad that that I've noticed before. Mm. Did very well in the minor final last year. Put up a big score, and he, right. he scored seven points, six from play. So he's a lively player, and he knows where the posts are. Jack Kelly, that played senior with him this year as well. There's two sons of Raymond Cunningham's on it. Uh, so they're they're quite a good quite a good side, and a lot of well known footballers on it. Casarahan of the of their. Um, of their senior team, they would have a couple there, like the likes of you and Henry played a lot in the league last year for them. Gavin Daly would have played a bit for them. Um, Young Cosgrove, on it? Carl Cosgrove, yeah. he scored scored a goal. Yeah. You know, so so there's there's a few there as well, but um, I think Kings were yeah, Kings were probably the most impressive team over the weekend in that division. Yeah, they played then in the well, sorry, probably not the most impressive because Den had an absolute monster of a victory over Bally Hayes, but. Is yeah, that that it's competitive, non-competitive? I don't, I, I don't know. How, yeah, I I don't know just how competitive that game or that Ballyhays side was. Like it was a big win, and lo- like looking through the Den team on paper, that's a very good Den team. You're talking yeah. about the likes of Connor O'Reilly there, fullback, Donnacha Cusick Smith, Ushin Cairn in the centre half, Bernard Gaffrey in the middle of the field, yeah. Jamie Riley, a small lad but very skillful on the forty, uh, Sean Donahue, uh, his brother Thomas Edward who scored one seven, Cavell Kyogan scored one six. <laughs> Like that's good players. That is a strong then team. The more you look at it, like that, that actually has has the possibility to be a really good final there with Kingscourt and Den. It's on Sunday at half two on the three G pitch. Yeah, they've brought they've brought through a lot of those fellas. So like maybe six seven years ago, they were having a lot of success in say Ryan C on the fourteen and stuff like that. They seem to have brought through a lot of them. I remember mm. a few years ago, like they were quite a bit, and we had it in the paper, different underage reports, and I knew some of those lads and. Uh, I remember thinking at the time that they were they were a team that was, a club that was coming up. So it's good to see they've kept that, that bunch of lads together. Yeah, it definitely is. So look at we 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 wish both teams the best of luck in the final of the Division Three, the McAvoy Super Value Division Three on the twenty Championship final, and then the two semi finals as I say are on Saturday evening and Sunday at one o'clock. So hope you get along and enjoy that one. 
Kieran Callahan Electrical Limited has been providing a quality service to the industrial, commercial and domestic sectors nationwide since 1996. Reduce your business's energy bill with our energy audit. Or if you need any electrical works carried out, why not contact Kieran Callahan Electrical on 049 Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. We'll move on to this um, the player pathway, um, which is, or sorry, the, the, not the player pathway, actually, the player engagement forum um, on the adult fixtures. As I say, it's on this Thursday evening, the 6th of December. Um, in the Hotel Kilmore, it'll start at 8 o'clock. They're asking everybody to come at about quarter to 7 to register, and it'll be over by quarter to 10. Um, so what they're looking for is two players from each club, one to be a regular senior and one to be regarded as a reserve player, um, if possible. Um, there'll be an additional table on the night for Horland. Um, the two players from four clubs playing at adult level Discussion to focus on additional adult competitions in 2019 and the timing of same within the calendar year. So the agenda of the night is the first 15 minutes they're going to, um, there's a presentation just explaining what's happening. Then they're going to talk about the all-county football leagues, followed by the championships, junior, intermediate and senior. Then the reserve all-county football league and championship and then the overall calendar 2019 Um it's a good idea. It's it's a real good idea to pull it together. One of the things that that I, I'm being told is going to come up at it is the idea of joining up the reserve championship and or, or sorry reserve league with the all county football league again. So if Red Hills are playing in Division Three of the all county football league, that the reserve team are playing in reserve Division Three. So both teams are playing the same day, same. Within an hour of each other, or whatever. Like, ah, yeah, no, no brainer. I think so. The, the, from the day that that decision was made to to separate them, that's when reserve football started to decline. Mm. Like when I was playing football, I used to play a lot of reserve football, as you'd imagine, <laughs> and it was brilliant because you got it was a good day out for the supporters, and it was a good day out for everyone. You got your your game if you were good, you were playing both games, and it, you know, okay, sometimes you'd play a team that was better than you. Like you get yeah. to use the example of Red Hills at that, around that time. Red Hills were punching above their weight in the league sometimes, and would come up against where the senior team was quite good but we hadn't much in reserve and I was one of the ones that we hadn't in reserve but you'd come up against maybe a rammer or someone uh, where your senior team might be fit to, to, to live with them your reserve team wouldn't have a hope but you're going to get the odd anomaly but in general it's a much much better system Could I, I, I I'm going to I'm going to give the the counter argument to that and don't get me wrong actually I, I would be in favour of joining up the two fixtures again but you had you'll have scenarios like that in the where certain teams were repeatedly winning out their division two reserve because they may have had a larger numbers 
continually there or even even give an example of you know Calvin Gales in Division 1 for those years they were winning out the Division 1 Reserve League constantly you know this will get rid of the idea of a second team going up into Division 3 because then you're getting rid of your your division your your double fixture so it i i my my solution to it would be go with the all county football league and the reserve all county football league hand in hand fixtures joint fixtures but then come championship have a have a, a difference on it so if your club won the reserve Division 3 Championship last year, they get promoted to the Reserve Division 2 and let the Reserve Championships fluctuate up and down the way your senior, intermediate and junior do. That way, at least you're you're saying, well, the Reserve Championships are a little bit more competitive and maybe you'll find your own level because you don't want somebody, the same team, winning the Reserve League and Championships year in, year out because their senior team aren't strong enough to get out of that division. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but you're you're talking about a situation where a club would have a very strong reserve team, but their senior team would be stuck down in a division that they can't get out of. Yeah, yeah. W- w- would that happen? We've seen it for years. Yeah, I I I remember growing up seeing it. Like Killing Care was the one example that used to come to mind for me all the time. Their their second team was as good as their first team. Mm-hmm. It, it always was, and they were always winning the reserve championships and leagues when when I was playing adult football in Drummond we were fluctuating our senior team there was a difference between our senior and our reserve team but Killing Care always had as strong a junior team as they had a senior team so yeah. I, I, you know I, I didn't think there was any benefit in them constantly winning the, the Division 2 <laughs> as it was at that time Division I remember Killingary put it were, had an excellent second team and they put them into Division 3 and they found that it negatively impacted their senior team. I remember, or, well, this is what I heard from a Killigary fella at the time, because what was happening was, you might get fellas who are good footballers, well fit to play with the Division 1 team, maybe just were busy or moving house or kids or something. And, and instead of, in the past, they would have, their options were play reserve football or play Division 1 football. And they put in the effort and play Division 1 football. A lot of them were saying, well, Jesus, I can play Division 3 football. It's still a good standard. And it actually weakened their senior team. Yeah, especially fellas who were over thirty were happy enough to drop down to Division Three, where they mightn't have been necessarily happy enough to drop down to Junior B. But that's why I'd I'd take it back to that it's only reserve championship. Yeah. So only in championship do you do you fluctuate, you know. But in league, you stay paired with your with your senior team. So it's double fixtures all the way through the league. Then come championship. That while maybe we start with twenty nineteen being the being the barometer that you know eventually it'll fluctuate enough that we'll we'll end up if there is a let's use the example of Red Hills win the reserve division three championship in twenty nineteen for twenty twenty they're in the reserve division two championship and if if uh, yeah yeah whoever's but in they're probably gonna have to re- change the name of it to junior B C and D or something back to what it was. Because you're calling it, well, it just would make it complicated if you're calling it the reserve division three, but you're in division three, but you can't play it. Do you know what I mean? It used to be called junior BC, and then they brought in a D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they've changed that back to the reserve division one, two, and three. Uh, yeah. The other thing while we are talking about this, the, you sometimes forget about the senior clubs putting their second team into the junior A championship. Yeah, like that was common enough. And like you had Mullerhorn getting to the final of it in '98. Calvin Gale's been beaten in a semi-final by Butler's Bridge. Was it Butler's Bridge? Butler's Bridge, that's yeah. right. And uh, 
were fancy to win that. I, I always remember the Gales put a second team into the Intermediate Championship when they were at the absolute peak of their powers. That's right. And they were, they were knocked God, out. Thank of, God for the J1 visa. That's right. They, <laughs> they were knocked out of score difference. And if they had just got through that round and got to the quarterfinal, they were welcoming back four or five Cav and under-21 players yeah. for America for the summer. And they would, I think they would have won the Intermediate Championship mm. or tightened it. Yeah. Was that 10 could have been around that. Was that the year Jumbley won? I think it was the year ah, we won it. Right? What a final that would have been. Telling you. <laughs> we, we were actually watching it. We were watching it at that stage, kind of thinking about it. But yeah, yeah they, they were, they were beaten out. Uh, look at that. And, and that may be the example of, you know, do, do you do that right through? So make your championships run off six divisions. So essentially, that the, the bottom team in the junior championship is relegated. I, you know, I used to I, think about that. That's the way to do it in Kerry as well. But. And I, I used to be of the opinion that that's the way it should be done. And if you're bottom of Division Three, you're down to reserve, and it, like you've got, and just don't call it reserve anything. Call it Division One to Four. Eight, yeah, yeah, or whatever it is. But I've changed my mind on that because I'm think you think of a club, you know, young lads do need something to aim for, like, and I think that, yeah, that's well, it, it, are Mahara and Korla and some of these teams like that are they aiming to win Division Three this year? Coming, I don't think so. Like or are they aiming to win in the junior championship this year? I don't think so. I think that they're aiming to consolidate, to pick up a win, and say that this is progress. Whereas if they were down a division lower, play, play the way up. they might be able to win, win the way up. Yeah, you know, I, I don't, and I think that, and I, and I hope I'm not insulting anyone in those two clubs, but I think that they may get more enthusiasm from their players if they were saying to themselves, well. Right, we're in Division 4, but we've a chance of winning Division 4. It would require a culture change, though, because I think it was, was it Kildallan that pulled out of the that Junior Championship Shield this year? Yeah. I think it was Kildallan. So some clubs probably see that as beneath them. But can you can you imagine the scenario that if you didn't make your quarterfinals in the Junior Championship, that you're in a relegation playoff for to go down to the Junior A Championship? Now that that'd give you fire. That'd give you a fight for it. That you're you're not going to be a club that's going down that way, and you have to fight for it each year, you know. And then the only other, but the way that that would have to work then is that once you've played the the, the reserve championship or the yeah the reserve championship, we'll continue to call it for this, has to be played. The first round of that has to be played after the first round of your junior, intermediate, and senior championship. So if you've played junior, intermediate, and senior, you cannot play in reserve championship and for me that would bring back numbers I think that would bring back the well just Damien Dunne who hasn't trained all year but you know we need a number for this weekend let's get him out and you'd be delighted to go out and play games mm, number you know, 30 number 30 on, <laughs> on the reserve team <laughs> um, yeah but look at I, I have to say again credit to the county board because they're bringing in the people they're bringing in all the right stakeholders in, in this to ask them the questions on, well, what's your opinion on, on where we should be going with this? So Yeah, again, anytime credit. there's consultation and yeah. discussion like that is always good. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, moving on just to the, the development squads, and I want to highlight a, a, a big positive that I've seen up on social media, actually. So the, the coaching and games have come up with, or are, are implementing... I think it's called the the club player development program, and what they've done is take the under thirteens, and instead of instead of it being kind of said that well, we're picking in the best of the the club players, and we're going to start using development squad. They've opened this out to everybody, and what they've done for I think it's a six week, sorry, five weeks in a row. It finished 
it's actually finishing tomorrow night is the last night, the 5th of de- December. They're, they've gone to four different regions, uh, Killingcare, Breffney College, Drumlane and Cornafain. And they're implementing indoor sessions. And in these indoor sessions, they're going to concentrate on um, skill training as well as basic movement and flexibility exercises for under 13s. Now, for me, this is an absolutely brilliant initiative for the simple reason that I'd always, I'd always be of the theory that the number one thing you're going to need to be a county footballer is you want to be a county footballer. And this is saying that, right, we're opening this first pathway to anybody who wants to develop it's not it's not going to say that well Paul you're a better footballer than Damien we're taking in Paul regardless of the fact that Damien wants to be there we're saying if you want to be there go there I thought this was a really really good idea so it's a it's something that I thought was worth highlighting I seen a picture up on the Twitter of the Cavan County Board a few weeks ago and that's what brought it to my attention which again I thought it was a great thing. Fair play to it, it sounds like a good, ambitious thing, and you, you might unearth a few gems there as well. Yeah, yeah. And you you might just have it that you're looking at a 13-year-old who may not be the most skillful. He might look a bit clumsy, but his effort is brilliant, and, and it might stand out that this boy's mad to play. He thinks he's on the pathway here, so let's continue to give him the information and the opportunities. I thought it was a great... It's, it's a brand new idea. I've never seen it before anyway. And I thought it was a great one. I thought it deserved highlighting. Absolutely. So well done to all involved. I also want to clarify something that I said a few weeks ago on, on the podcast. And I was, uh, I was waiting to bring in some more information on this. But with regards to the Cavan on the 15s, I, I think I stated that about the number of sessions was less than fingers and toes or less than fingers. Now, that was a slip of the tongue. Uh, my information at the time was that there was 14 sessions done with the Cavan on the 15s. I do want to clarify that, that I think there was actually 15 pitch sessions done with the Cavan on the 15s. they done eight strength and conditioning sessions, and then they had a number of games, either four or five. So the total number of, of sessions was probably closer to 26, 27 sessions on the Cavan on the 15s. So just to, to make sure and on top of that they did reach an Ulster final which shows the, the, the quality within the squad take that and compare it to what Monaghan are doing we're still probably half of what Monaghan are doing Le- way less than, than half of what Mead are doing but I do want to clarify the number was higher than I said on the podcast and apologise if there was any offence taken or if I got my information wrong on that so it was uh, it was the information that was given to me coming into it but I did go and get another uh, another opinion from a couple of other parents involved in it so just wanted to clarify that in case there was any offence um, actually one more thing before we go because we're running over time but when we are talking about uh, it, it came to me while we were talking there the Ulster Club final I want to say congratulations to Noel Mooney who was refereeing the Ulster Club final and I was watching this on Sunday afternoon and it was a very difficult game to referee because conditions were terrible which brings up the question why why Healy Park we all know Healy Park's not a great pitch and you're playing in the depths of December the, the, the most important club game in the province on it like I thought that wasn't a great choice of pitch um, but anyway so be it it was played there it was it was a difficult game to referee because of conditions, and yet when it came to the big calls, he got every one of them right. I thought it was an absolutely phenomenal performance by it. Did you get to watch it? I did. I watched it. Yeah, um, I was cursing him because I had back with or <laughs> he had that last call, but he made, the call he made was a hundred percent right on the throw ball. And I haven't <laughs> seen a referee come in for as much praise. 
in a long time on Twitter and things like that, and well deserved. I mean, it's probably music to his ears to get some praise because referees don't get much. But hats off to him; he had a great performance. I thought, and in real time watching it, I that that call at the end, I thought, oh no, he's got this wrong, and he's after getting a massive call wrong. And then I seen the highlights and was like, wow. I think he was the only person on the pitch who, who actually, in the entire stand and on television, that actually seen it and got it right and have the guts to do it. You know, I have to say, massive call. Then the red card on Shane Carey, my initial opinion on it when I seen it was, ah, it's a high tackle, I don't know if that's a red card. And then when I seen the replay after, he spotted... Not just the left hand being high, but the right hand coming across. 100% the right call, even though I was listening to the Northern Sound and, and you know the, the Northern Sound commentator was stuck in a position that I found myself in a couple of times where, given out about the ref, no advantage of a replay. So he was just going on what he had seen in front of him. But it, it was, again, the right call, a brilliant, brilliant call. Yeah, I, I think... Uh it reminded me of the one too that put Tyson Fury down <laughs> the night before. <laughs> it was the left, or it was a diff- different order, wasn't it? I think it was a, a right hook, a right hand and a left hook to put Fury down. This was like a a right hand and a left, or sorry, a, a left, left hand, a left and, hand and a right hook. But the, the right hook was something serious. When I I, came, I was out of the room and I was watching with someone. And he caught me and he goes, "Geez, here's the replay." And it, it came on, and I saw the, f- the first slap. I was like, "Oh, geez, that was high!" And then, "Oh, there's yeah. the, there's the follow up." Now it was the right call, surely. Brilliant call. Well, well done to Noel Mooney, and congratulations on it. Uh, sorry, the other thing I will say is that on a podcast I was listening during the week, um, Colin Parkinson on the GA Hour was saying how he got it wrong with the with the double yellows. Um, that Kieran Hughes should have got sent off on a double yellow in extra time but just to clear it up I was tweeting earlier on about this that Kieran Hughes got a yellow card in ordinary time which is then wiped wiped clean when you go into extra time and he got another yellow card him and McGee got two yellow cards in extra time that's why he got sent off so despite Colin Parkinson's opinion um, the, the, the slate is wiped clean when you go into extra time for yellow cards now if you've been black carded during the ordinary game, you cannot rejoin the play, or if you've been red carded, you cannot rejoin the play in extra time, but the team can go back to 15. And I believe the reasoning for that is that there's a possibility of suspension if you've got a red card, or a possibility of suspension if you've got accumulated a number of black cards. So therefore, if that possibility is there, you can't join in on extra time. So um, good to have that clarified, though. It was uh, Look, at well done to Noel Mooney. Very quickly on to the managerial merry-go-round. Um, Gowan have appointed a management team, Paul. Very interesting one. Dennis Connerton and Aidan McCarn. Um, that, that's a really, really high-level team, you'd imagine, for Gowna. Yeah, Dennis, Dennis Connerton always impressed me um, when he was over Longford. I, like I thought, he was very unlucky not that they weren't promoted from Division 3 this year um, and had a good record within Longford. So I think he'll do well with Gowna. Um, and Aidan McCarran has, has a good reputation as well. And I know Aidan, and he's he is a good fella, and very very much up on strength and conditioning, and be a modern mm. modern day coach. So they're a good combination because I'd imagine Dennis Dennis is more he's older and he might be a bit more traditional in his outlook. I don't say that as a as a criticism, but th- you can imagine them working well together now. I am I uh, I spoke with a, an ex Gowna player um, who I'd imagine will be extremely well respected. He's definitely well respected around. Uh, around the county but he said I, I was asking him his opinion on the new management team and he said brilliant absolutely brilliant he said 
I might be giving away the person here, but I went to school with Dennis Connaughton is what he told me, and he says he's well fit to take on the ignorance that's needed. You know, <laughs> it was the way he kind of phrased it. So it was, uh, it was, it was an interesting one. That look at Gauna, Gauna because of their expectations of the club demand that 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 everything is done to a certain level and and if they don't feel it's been done right they can they let you know about it very very quick so you'd have to imagine they'll be improving next mm. year a um, couple of lads have a few miles on the clock but the, the vast majority of them are young and coming up and you'd have to imagine the Garner will come on another bit next year so they're not that far off it well, apparently the only player that they're losing is Niall Madden who is living in Wexford for the last number of years and has been coming up and down to play and in fairness you couldn't expect him to continue that he's got a newborn child I don't know a few months old anyway so you know that has to stop at some point and, and, and he owes gown and nothing so if they're holding on to everybody plus bringing through a couple of players from well I don't know if to be anybody from the under seventeens. I can't think of any, but definitely in the next year or two, you have your under sixteens from this year and the under fifteens that won Division One on their own this year. So they'll, uh, they'll they're definitely a team for the future. So that's a good appointment by Gowna. Well, we we think so anyway, but time will tell. Corner Finn have appointed a Mullahorn man to take the helm there. Paul Lynch, who of course was over minor teams and and under twenty teams, I think in Mullahorn was a selector and coach with the with the seniors for a few years as well. So lots of experience there and good stuff. Good good name going into the job there, Paul. So best of luck to him. Um, Arva have appointed a manager, but I can't think of his name. I was told it um, last weekend, but I just can't think. I think he could have something to do with a rugby bit, rugby background as well. So um, we'll bring his name as soon as we can. And if there's any other club teams who have appointed managers that we're unaware of, please send us on information. I don't think Kingscourt or Castle Rahan are the two senior teams that... Yeah, rumour has it Don- Donald Kyogo might be staying on with Castle Rahan now, so maybe Donald let us know. But Kingscourt definitely haven't got a manager yet as of the weekend, talking to some of the Kingscourt fellas. Right, right, yeah. Well, if they can get Donald for another year, they'll be, they'll be doing rightly in Castle Rahan sure he's after delivering a double I suppose yeah. it'll be hard to maybe leave Yeah, well. and then when you see how close they were to Coleraine you know and see Coleraine to Scottstown after maybe Castleran can start looking at bigger things yeah well look that's one that got away from them because the, in my opinion Castleran are as good or better than Coleraine so uh, yeah I'd like to see them get back to Ulster and see how they would, they would get on hmm um, on the ladies' front, Eamon Brady, formerly the the Mullahorn goalkeeper, um, and of course he was involved with Cavan ladies on the 14s for the last few years with Mick Flynn. He's gone with, in with the ladies' senior team, so I want to wish him the best of luck with James Daly and Brian Donahue, I think, who was staying on as coach. So, um, lots of experience there. Yeah, well, Eamon has, Eamon has a good record with uh, with the underage Cavan ladies as well. Yeah. Um, was he, he might have been involved with Loretto as well. Could have, could have been, been. actually his daughter Liam was playing on it so um, he's definitely he'd be a good authoritative voice there and very well respected yeah and he'd be up to date with, with a lot of the players that have come through the last few years with Cavan so I think it's a, a very good appointment there I wish him the very best of luck um, I think that brings us to the end of, of this week's podcast about 20 minutes longer than we, we thought we'd actually go but sure, <laughs> as usual when me and you start talking GA and Cavan it's hard to, it's hard to stop unfortunately or maybe fortunately for some as I said later on if you're listening or talking well that's true <laughs> that's true um, as I said later on in the week we will be bringing you a special podcast looking back over the county champion chips in handball um, that's on patreon.com forward slash we are Calvin and we'll also be looking um, back over Mullerhorn's 
um, Ulster Intermediate Final where they fell short to St. Endes. And we'll be looking ahead to Lockout, their minor ladies, taking on Breda in the Ulster Minor Final this coming Sunday. So get on to patreon.com forward slash we are Calvin. But thanks a million for listening to the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast. Let us know your opinions on social media, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook if you get the chance. Thank you. Kieran Callahan Electrical. Shine a light on your future. Check out www.callahanelectrical.ie or phone 049 43 30